Welcome to episode five of the Impro Pod podcast. This is the first remote session I'm doing, and I've got Stu Bell. Is it Stu or Stuart? Proper name Stuart, but for some purposes it's Stu. <laughs> I'll answer to anything. And whereabouts are you, Stu? I am in Dunfermline in Scotland, so it's just north of Edinburgh. All right, great. Okay, so I'm going to play a piece of music, and I want you to tell me what this makes you think of. Okay, here we go. first picture I got was a girl or a woman running through a forest trying to escape something probably in autumn it's a bit wet and damp she's looking over her shoulder and then it got to a bit where I think it resolved more into major chords and I got that bit where she'd fallen on the ground and was taking a breath yeah it was really vivid nice do you normally have vivid reactions to music I'm the kind of person who gets shivers from music. You know, if you hear certain songs or certain pieces of music, I get a real visceral connection to it. And yeah, I suppose it is a visual thing, isn't it? It paints pictures in your head. I suppose that's what it's about. Because you're a musician yourself, aren't you? I am, yeah. Songwriter, guitarist, vocalist. Uh And what's your relationship to improvisation? Are you an improviser? I am... Possibly a solo improviser, probably around the same old <laughs> chord shapes on the guitar. Um, certainly not something that I've done really with other people because my, my musical knowledge isn't as developed as it could be. So knowing where to go with improvisation, I think, is the tricky bit for me. And certainly when I'm writing and trying melodies, I'll sometimes sit and just pick out notes at the piano or sometimes even when I'm writing it's happened a few times where I've made at first it seems like a really bad mistake on the guitar you know hitting the wrong note in a chord but it works <laughs> okay so you up for telling me a story but something that you think would work with the soundtrack you can try don't overthink yeah. it it's about how I really first came to know and appreciate Tom Waits one night I was at a friend's in Glasgow for a meal. I was a, a student at the time and um, he was from Germany and had a very eclectic taste in music from really gentle Tom Waits songs through to the most extreme German death metal. But he decided this night to put on Tom Waits' song and he said, yeah, you have to listen to this song, you have to listen to this song. And when I heard it, it was one of the most gorgeous songs I'd ever heard in my life. And the words are about Those were the days of roses, poetry and prose And Martha, all I had was you and all you had was me I remember saying to him What is that song called? I need to go and get the song And he said, I think it's called Days of Roses And at the time in Glasgow There was a massive Tower Records store 
And I went there the next day thinking, right, I'll go and find this an album with this Tom Waits song in it called Days of Roses. And of course I went in, and this was about 1991, so by that time he maybe had, I don't know, 15 or 16 albums. And I'm, I'm going through them all. I'm thinking, which album is this? Which one it is? None of them had a song in it called Days of Roses. So eventually I picked one of his albums at random called Closing Time, and it's his first album, I think from 1973, and took it back put it on the record player, and lo and behold, the song was on the album, by complete chance. And it was a song called Martha. So I could have picked up probably one of his more inaccessible albums, because he does have quite a lot of noisy, gruff, discordant music, and probably had I picked up one of those albums first, I might not have gone on the same exploration, but it was a good, easy start. So yeah, that's how I came to Tom Waits. The amazing thing about Tom Waits, how he can weave these most amazing, beautiful, evocative, poetic lyrics in amongst his strange music. And in a way, he almost hides them. And they're almost like little bits of treasure. You have to scrape the dirt off and find these little bits of gold in them. I see. Right. Yeah, it's a good story. Um, so the idea is I compose a piece of music to the story on the spot it's quite a tricky thing because he's got a, such a distinctive sound if I was going to write something about the story yeah. then would have to be influenced by him in some way so the way he plays on the piano how would you describe that? It's probably quite rhythmic there's a, a slight touch I don't know if honky tonk is the right word maybe heavy handed I don't know if heavy handed is right but it's got jazz undertones to it and 20s 30s kind of music in it as well almost like a thumbtack piano feel a barroom piano sometimes tell you what let's do an experiment so i'm going to play keep playing and i'll adjust mm-hmm. the style slightly and i want you to tell me how close i am to tom waits <laughs> this is like um, a version of the you know that hot cold game you play when you're a kid this is the musical version hot and cold okay <laughs> That's quite far, that's quite cold. Oh yeah. spot on. I can hear him coming in with his <laughs> so It's quite bluesy though. Yeah, yeah. So would he go to the fifth or something or would he do something a bit weirder? Would he go mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Nice, but it looks like I've got something there. We'll break down the story. This is a story about musical discovery, really, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to set the scene, and then it should be obvious when you put the record on, and then we'll go from there. Okay.
That's such a hard thing to do. Yeah, that's lovely. That's really nice. What did you think to that? Because I've never done it before where I had to incorporate a style of music into the story. Yeah. So did you think that was effective? I think it was really good. I think your playing is probably a bit more accomplished than some of Tomway's stuff. Certainly that first album has, you know, it's a lot of brushed drums and double bass and kind of slow, almost swing, bluesy, jazzy, swingy. See if you try and ask me about genres, I am hopeless. Are you up for telling me another story? I could, I'll need to think of one. Um, There's an idea. I could tell you about my granddad's bakery. Yeah, so my granddad was a, a master baker and he owned this bakery in Kirkcaldy. And I can remember from when I was really wee, we always used to go and visit my, my gran and granddad on a Saturday. And quite often my granny would, would be in the shop as well. But we would always get through into the actual bakery. And I remember that because of the absolutely massive table that was right in the middle of the room. And then all the machines, all the mixers and all the things for rolling the icing and the dough and everything were all round outside. And I distinctly remember the smell of it. And he had what was called a scotch oven. And this oven, it's like the thing you see in the movies, like it's massive cast iron doors that he would open and put things in with big paddles. This oven that he had was one of the last Scotch ovens in Scotland. But you used to go up the stairs and the floors, it was like hill walking when you were up the stairs on the floors because it was such an old building. He was terrible for dates and, and things like that. So we, me and my brother would go up and explore and we'd go into these cupboards. We found once, I remember, a big box of club biscuits, the chocolate biscuits, the fruit ones. Goodness knows how old they were. For our birthdays, he would make us cakes, but really special cakes. Like one year we got a a snooker table and had all the little snooker balls done in fondant. And then one year I was in the model railway, so I got a cake that had a railway track in it with a, a Hornby wagon on it and my brother got a football field once and that's what he was really good at as a a confectioner he would make things out of icing so mum and dad got married he'd made them a model of the church out of icing make these massive wedding cakes and i I would go out with them and uh, deliver the cakes with them used to love it time for some music then i'll see what i can uh, conjure up
tell me about you, the arpeggiated bits you're doing. They're quite high bits. What were you thinking there? Because it'd be interesting to know if you're thinking the same thing as me. Well, I was thinking kind of sweet sugar. Yeah, it's exactly what exactly what I got. Yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That weird mystical kind of stuff that goes on with when a kid's in a bakery. Say the sense of fantasy. I think it is that the sort of sweetness comes across. I was coming over the atmosphere as well. Imagine it's quite heavy atmosphere. Yeah, lots of flour and dust about you know did you find that came across in the music the dust yeah like you say heavy hot thick and then pg bit was a, the kind of nice sprinkles <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what did you feel you got out of this podcast i know we've written stuff together and you've kind of said here's an idea for a song i've never sat and watched you play before that for me is a big thing and a real appreciation of the things I've been talking about, about the joining it all together and obviously your knowledge and instinct of where things are, I think is amazing. I enjoy telling stories. I suppose it's part of what I do as a songwriter and a lot of my songs have stories attached to them. So every story I've told you tonight has got one of my songs is attached to one of of those stories. I don't know if it's an emotional connection with the music, but how the, the music can echo what it is I'm saying. I think that's really interesting. All right. Well, I think I'll call it a day there. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Really good. Join us next week for another episode of Impropod. Thanks for listening.